are these issues being discussed in the synodal hall? Seriously and passionately, I testify, yes. But permit me to say this, the round tables themselves are a symbol of the ecclesiology of Lumen Gentium. This synodal process is not a private agenda of Pope Francis. It is a continuation of Vatican II. Vatican Viewpoint, the church in the world seen from Rome. A podcast produced by Vatican Radio. I'm your host, Devin Watkins. The 16th Ordinary General Assembly of the Synod is past the halfway point and is moving through its third week. So let's try to catch up with some of the themes that are being discussed as participants begin to think about the end of session synthesis. We're holding a unity in our diversity. We're listening to very different opinions. We're allowing them to enter and to nourish ourselves and to listen to what God is speaking through these various voices and these differences of opinion. Loretto Sister Patricia Murray there. She's the former head of the International Union of Superiors General, a representative body of women's religious congregations. You're led deeper each time to deeper questions. So what might start, for example, as questioning roles and functions ends up as asking a much deeper question about the mission of all the baptized in the church today. But in listening to those different voices, you can feel one's own position being widened, broadened, deepened, because of different contexts, cultures, different perspectives, very different opinions, different ecclesiologies, and so forth. And then the deep, respectful conversation does lead you at the end of the day, to a different place. Pope Francis has appointed Sister Murray to the Senate Commission that will compile the final synthesis. She's the first woman to hold such a role, and work has already begun. Appointments such as these are symbolic. There is statement and an indication of the desire to have women participation in decision-making. I think there's a desire that the document would not be too long, that it would be divided into clear sections, and that there would be um, both areas where movement might take place, uh, steps could be proposed for action, but at the same time, many areas for deeper reflection and uh, revisiting and study. As a woman and a religious, Sister Murray has a credible opinion on the contribution of women in the Synod General Assembly. Given the percentage of women in the room, I do think, quite honestly, space has been well created for the voice of women to be heard. And it's not only women, there are many others who are speaking at the tables about the importance of the role of women in the church. So there are other voices, there are clerics, both uh, cardinals, bishops and priests, and brothers. Another of the so-called non-bishop members of the Synod is Jesuit Father Emmanuel Orobator. He's a well-known Nigerian theologian and helped organize the continental stage for Africa and Madagascar. And as a theologian, this is a privileged moment. This is what a theologian lives for, because we are part of an experience of a process of the church making and remaking itself. 
Anyone who has followed even a little bit of the Senate over the past two years has probably heard of the primacy of the Senate process over the final result. I remain convinced that the process is probably going to be more important than the outcome. And the process for me has been, again, truly enriching, focusing on elements or the mechanisms or frameworks of listening, of dialoguing, and discerning. I believe that this is the kind of framework and mechanism that would lead us as a community called church to experience a new way of being where people, no matter who they are, no matter their status or station or situation in the church, are able to be part of a process where they are not only heard, but they are also able to contribute to a process of discernment. You're listening to Vatican Viewpoint. In this third week of the General Assembly, Synod members are focusing on Module B3 of the Instrumentum Laboris, which bears the heading, Participation, Governance, Authority. What processes, structures, and institutions are needed in a missionary synodal church? As a woman, I'm not focused at all on the fact that I'm not a priest. I think that there's too much emphasis placed on this question. Renee Kohler Ryan there. She's the Dean of the School of Philosophy and Theology at the University of Notre Dame in Sydney, Australia. What happens when we place too much emphasis on this question is that we forget about what women, for the most part, need throughout the world. So what do I as a professional woman want for my, my husband and family and kids? I've got a bunch of kids. What do I really want? I want them to be educated, and I want them to be educated in the faith. We need to live somewhere. We need to have food on the table. They need to be clothed. I want them to have a future, and a future where they are welcomed into the church, and everyone they know and love is welcomed into the church. That isn't possible for every woman across the world. The issue of inclusion in church governance and authority roles has come up at various points along the synodal journey. Some people are very focused on this idea that only if women become ordained will they have any kind of equality. But we're not looking at equality as a one-for-one thing in the church. We've spent so much time in the last week looking at how we have unity with diversity. Well, part of that diversity is that there are realities of motherhood and fatherhood that are both spiritual and biological, and that those are really important for understanding what's going on across the whole church. So I think we can become too distracted by this particular issue, and what that does is that it detracts from all of the other things that we could be doing. Professor Kohler Ryan has a couple of suggestions for issues that could be focused on instead. We could be making sure that professional women are not forced to choose between having families and being out there in the workforce, for instance. We could be doing more to make sure that families are supported in all kinds of ways, including with the different economic pressures that are going on as well. So I think that that's a far more interesting conversation for most women than what I tend to think of as a fairly niche kind of issue. Now let's zoom in further on the responsibility of governance in the church. The exercise of any structure or ministry or authority in the church must be based on a fundamental conversion of heart, which seems to me 
is essential for any structure to be really attaining the good which we hope it will attain. That's Bishop Daniel Flores of the Diocese of Brownsville in Texas. He serves in the southernmost diocese of the United States and has been closely involved in the entire synodal process. And so I would begin sort of knowing that there are many perceptions out there as to what might or not might not be at the heart of the question structurally elseways. I'm not particularly worried about that. I'm more worried about how it is that we will sort of inaugurate a deep thirst to become a people baptized and ordained who are focused on serving one another in the heart of Christ. To me, this is everything. Without this, there is nothing. At the Senate Assembly, it seems clear that two structures must coexist in the church, according to Archbishop Anton Dabulampako of Pretoria in South Africa. Synodality coexists with the hierarchical structure of the church, and I don't think that is under any question. However, what we are probably wanting to see is how the two can work in such a way that synodality begins to infuse the way that the hierarchical structure of the church operates. So I'm not at all worried about that because I think we have all accepted that in the Catholic Church, there is a, synodality has a unique character. It is a synodality at the center of which there is the chair of Peter, the Pope. At the end of the day, hierarchy goes together with synodality. One last opinion on the topic. Cardinal Michael Cherney, the prefect of the Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development. Maybe I could put it this way. The structures, the hierarchical structures of the church have nothing to fear from a process that begins with listening. It's impossible that that should damage the hierarchical nature of the church. And it's the act of faith and hope of starting with ample, I would say radical listening, that we believe with the help of the Holy Spirit that the church's structures, or maybe better, the functioning of the structures will improve. And I think one of the things that makes everybody happy in the Synod Hall is that we are not only talking about it, but we are experiencing it. Thank you for joining us here on Vatican Viewpoint. We'll be back again next week.